Aaron Rodgers is also hosting Jeopardy. It's a bummer that this show is on at the same time as Jeopardy. It's going to absolutely tank the ratings of, of Aaron Rodgers' debut on Jeopardy in the western side of the state. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. In your family or uh, in your house, you ever have a day where you just eat leftovers? You just clean out the fridge. You just eat everything on the top shelf. Ah, let's get rid of the leftover lasagna. Get that salad out of there. Oh, we got some leftover coleslaw. Let's get, eat that up. Oh, some broths from the other night. Get those out. Warm them up. Let's, let's get rid of those. My family, we'd always do that on Sundays. No, I, sh- I shouldn't say always, but I, f- I feel like we did it quite a bit on Sunday. You know, get home after church. You know, you unbutton the, the button-up shirt, change into something more comfortable before inevitably, you know, everybody starts doing yard work later on in the afternoon. Right before lunch, you just empty the fridge. This is free-for-all. Put it all on the table. Let's clean it out. Start fresh. Maybe you uh, have some leftover brats, like I said, a, a casserole, a meatloaf, whatever. Just put it all on the table, eat it, let's clean out the fridge, and, and start the week fresh. That's kind of what we're going to do today. Because between Wednesday and yesterday, I prepared all this food, I came up with all this content, I had all these ideas of things to talk about, and it all went uneaten. We didn't get to get to it. Because on Wednesday, the Brewers game went long, it went into extras, so the shore was really short, and we had to talk to Zach Heilprin, so we didn't have enough time to get to everything. And then yesterday, the Brewers just covered up the show entirely. So between Wednesday and yesterday, we had all this food, and it's been sitting in the fridge. So today, we are going to empty out the fridge, we're going to eat all the leftovers, talk about all the topics that I had planned for the last two days, and of course, react to the Brewers game yesterday as well. Leftovers day here on the Wisco Sports Show. A lot of tin foil, a lot of Tupperware, a lot of microwaved food. It'll be it'll be good though. Good variety. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an excellent, excellent end of your week. Talk a lot of Brewers tonight. I was not prepared for Brewers fans to be this upset early on in the season. But here we are, and that's fine. I'm I'm all about it. Let's get into the weeds. Let's discuss. Let's argue. Let's yell if we have to. We'll raise our voices. That's fine. I love that passion. I love that we're this fired up just a week into the season, just seven games in. So we're naturally going to talk about that. I actually want to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming up at 430 and not Jeopardy and not like why he's better than Tom Brady. Not not the usual topics that I was <laughs> that I was revert back to. I actually want to talk about the offseason drama just a little bit. I want, I want to wade into that water. I never do. And today I'm going to give myself a pass. We, we can talk drama uh, a little bit. I don't really want to get into the contract, whether or not they should extend them or restructure that. It's been done to death. But I do want to discuss the drama just a little bit. I feel like we've earned it, right? We've been we've been good boys and girls for the last couple of weeks, sticking to the issues, talking about the games, talking turkey. I feel like we've I feel like we've earned 10 minutes to talk a little drama and wade into the weeds about Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Green Bay Packers. We're going to do that in a in a, in a very cool, calm and collected way. Coming up at 435. I also do want to talk Bucks coming up after 5 o'clock. They've lost twice since we've last talked. I I don't know what to say about the Bucks at the moment, but I'll get my thoughts collected. We'll discuss that at uh, 520 and 530. Other than that, a lot of Brewers talk. You're welcome to chime in, as I'm sure you uh, might want to. Listen to a lot of sports radio shows today. Brewers fans are fired up. So if you are one of those Brewers fans and you're upset and you want to make your voice heard, send me a text, 608-796-2558. 
I actually think the phone is back to working today. I think. I tested it before the show. I think we're good. So later on in the show, as we open up the phones, I think we should be able to do calls today, which is fantastic. Thomas already texts in, wants to talk about the Masters. Yeah, I. the Masters are great, and I'm going to watch tomorrow, and I'm going to watch Sunday, but I don't bet sports, and I'm not really a golf expert. So I don't know what I can tell you about the Masters. I, I, don't, I don't know what I can bring to the table that you haven't already gotten somewhere else. So enjoy the golf. I'm going to watch on Saturday. I'm going to watch on Sunday. I look forward to spending some time on the couch, just relaxing and watching a tradition unlike any other. But as, as far as today's show is concerned, I, I don't have any picks. I don't have bets. I don't have analysis. It's not my thing. I do enjoy it, and I'm going to enjoy it this weekend, and I hope you do too, but no golf. So sorry, Thomas, but appreciate you reaching out. And Thomas says, no yelling for me today. Okay, good. Well, Thomas is a, is a calm Brewers fan today. I think that's appropriate. You can text in if you'd like. You can also tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. So there's really no way around it. Yesterday's Brewer game sucked. That sucked. It lost to St. Louis, 3-1, to one, the Cardinals' home opener. I hated it. It made me the opposite of happy, right? Corbin Burns was awesome. He was great. He was electric. He was fun to watch. Through six innings, only gave up one hit, and that was at the beginning of the game. And it's arguably a ball that Christian Yelich is going to pull in more times than not. So we could very realistically, if, if one catch is made, we could talk about Corbin Burns going no hit through six innings. No walks, no runs, just really, really nasty, untouchable stuff. In command of his splitter, his slider, his changeup, his curveball, everything. He is the master of not only his domain, but everybody's domain right now. He's just making it look easy. Problem was, the Brewers couldn't score. Brewers had six hits yesterday, which isn't terrible. Well, it's not great. It's not terrible. St. Louis had five by comparison. St. Louis had fewer hits than Milwaukee did yesterday. But the Brewers couldn't capitalize. And the one run they did score kind of came on a comedy of errors in center field where the ball was getting kicked around and thrown all over the place. The Brewers can't score. And this has been a theme if you've watched any any of these games in the first week. You know that. For example, the Cincinnati Reds, who have been an offensive powerhouse to start the year, have scored 57 runs. By comparison, our Milwaukee Brewers have 40 hits. Hits. Not runs, but 40 hits. Not exactly ideal. right? If I had a list of things that were... Ideal, a list of things that boded well, that's, that's, that's not on there. It's on a different list. And, of course, it's Cardinals opening day, and they get their new shiny toy, Nolan Arenado, and, of course, he hits the go-ahead home run. Arenado, a drive, deep left, at the wall! Welcome to St. Louis, Nolan! An opening day home run, Nolan Arenado! Now, there's a lot of things to get frustrated about today. Bruce can't hit. Bucks have lost a few in a row. It would be very easy for me to sit here behind this microphone and get myself really worked up about how life isn't fair and I hate the Cardinals and why did the the Rockies trade him Nolan Arenado and they're paying him $50 million and, of course, Arenado, their new shiny toy, makes a huge play on an opening day and, of course, it's the the Cardinals brewers all over again. It would be really easy for me to be jaded about that, but I'm trying not to. And here's why. It's the Cardinals opening day, okay? I think they had some good juju yesterday. Lorenzo Cain hit a huge line drive to center field. Great catch in center field. Okay, some bad luck. Lorenzo Cain hit a line drive to third base. Oh, caught. Okay, bad luck for the Brewers. Sometimes it's not your day. Yesterday, it wasn't the Brewers' day, and it was the Cardinals' day. It was their home opener. Arenado hits the home run. Just let let them have that. I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to, woe is me. I'm not going to complain. Okay, Brewers got a little luck on their opening day. They had it two years ago on opening day against the Cardinals. When it's opening day at Miller Park or now at American Family Field or at Bush Stadium. Just just give them that, okay? 
It's good for Arenado. Uh, this is very unlike me. Good for the Cardinals. Good for Arenado. They got a little good luck yesterday. I'm not gonna not gonna be woe is me about that. Now about the Brewers. I thought everyone was gonna be mad today about the offense. Boo, boo the offense, and boo Keston Hira, who got a hit yesterday. But Keston Hira is what one for how many bats does he have? One for twenty one. One for twenty two. It's a it's a crooked number. Thought we were going to be mad at Keston here, and Luis Urias isn't panning out, and he's not the, the young, exciting player that we all thought, and Travis Shaw's the only one hitting the ball. You got to hit them. You got to score runs, score runs. Boo. I thought that was going to be the thing today. Au contraire, mon frere. Or, as we stay here in the States, on the contrary, my brother. Yeah, I actually looked up what that meant in French today. I was wrong. Today isn't about the offense. Brewers fans aren't upset about the offense. Today, instead, is open season on Craig Council and his decision to pull Corbin Burns after six innings. Okay, I don't make the rules. If that's what Brewers fans want to talk about, and that's what Brewers fans want to be upset about, I'm, I'm here for it, right? I Sometimes I, I misread the room. Sometimes I think, oh, offense, God, I'm pit. And then Brewers fans are like, no, actually, we're, we're mad about this. We want to talk about something else. And as a radio host, as a leader of this two-hour conversation every night, I want to talk about what you all want to talk about. And today, I guess the story is Craig Council. I don't think it should be but I don't make the rules. And I'm more than happy to talk about Craig Council. And let's not, let's not square dance around this. You know that I'm a big Craig Council guy, and that tends to maybe impact my opinions on things that Craig Council does. Okay? I have no problem with admitting that. And this morning, as I started to plan the show, I thought about coming on here, grabbing the microphone, and having some scathing, scorched-earth defense of Craig Council and anybody who disagrees is an idiot and screw you and Craig's my guy and the Brewers are happy to have Craig Council and they're lucky to have Craig Council. But then I thought about it for a little bit and I, I read the room and I realized that a lot of Brewers fans are not happy with Craig Council at the moment. Maybe even a majority of Brewers fans are not happy with Craig Council at the moment. Vis-a-vis, a lot of Brewers fans disagree with me because I'm typically going to side with Craig Council. And I don't want to be dismissive of those who don't feel like me. Right? There are days where I come on the show and I yell at anyone who has a different opinion. I don't think today should be that day because I think a lot of Brewers fans are upset with Council after yesterday. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of most Brewers fans. So I'm going to hear you out. Let's have a discussion. Let's be productive, okay? Most Brewers fans today, what I heard, what I saw, and I listened to Ebo's show in Madison this morning. I tuned into Dan Casper on Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. And I was I tuned into Milwaukee Station. I was listening here in La Crosse. All Brewers fans were basically saying the same thing. They're saying Craig Council was overmanaging, that he was too into the analytics, and he didn't have a feel for the game. Okay, I I hear you. I understand those arguments. But you got to understand, whether Craig Council let Corbin Burns go pitch the seventh or continue to the eighth or continue to the ninth, the reality of yesterday's game wasn't changing. The Brewers scored one run. One Okay, so if you feel like maybe Craig Council should have let Corbin Burns come back out for the seventh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm not inherently disagreeing with you. Where my disagreement is that they only scored one run, and that is way, 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 way bigger. That's a much bigger issue than whether Corbin Burns threw 90 pitches or 96 pitches or 85 pitches. They scored one run. And however you feel about Craig Council today, you have to admit that Craig Council can't try to win every game one to nothing while riding his starter for all nine innings. 
That's not a sustainable way to play, especially in a season that's 162 games long. That's not a realistic way to play because chances are at some point it only takes one mistake of a pitch for Corbin Burns to give up a home run, as we saw last week against the Twins. Right? In reality, that's not how baseball works. Anybody who's focused on Corbin Burns and the length of his outing yesterday is missing the forest for the trees. Right? We're getting so locked in on Burns and Council being perfect that we're completely neglecting the fact that the Brewers scored one run. One. And it came on an error. Like, Keston here was able to come all the way around from second because the ball was kicked all over the outfield. It was a fluke. It was a fluke run. They were almost shut out yesterday. And I think we should talk about that being the problem and that being the issue. Not Craig Council pulling Burns after six versus letting him go seven or letting him go eight. Right? Even, even, if you, even if you disagree with Burns being pulled, you said, Grant, he should have thrown the seventh. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you there. The result couldn't have been any worse, right? The Brewers lost anyways. But I feel like we can get some middle ground here. We can, we can shake hands over the idea that the Brewers need to score more than one run. And it's not Craig Council's responsibility, and it's not the starting pitcher's responsibility to go shut out for all nine innings. That's not a realistic way to play baseball. It's not a sustainable way to play baseball. And I think we all understand that. Now, if we can agree that the offense was the problem yesterday, and it has been so far this year, let's play along a little bit. And let's talk about the idea of Craig Council maybe leaving Corbin Burns in. First thing I thought about when I thought, okay, Corbin Burns coming back out for the seventh. First thing I thought about was what happened last Saturday against the Twins. Because Corbin Burns was rocking and rolling through six innings. Council brought him out for the seventh. What happened? Burns only had to make one mistake of a pitch. Boom, home run. Brewers are trailing. Right? And that's something most fans don't want to think about. Something fans don't want to talk about. Managing, Craig Council's job as the manager, managing is all about projecting into the future and thinking a batter ahead, thinking about the next inning and the next inning. Because if you wait for a pitcher to start to struggle, if you wait for a pitcher to have issues before you pull him, it's too late. It's too, it's too late. Especially when the offense isn't scoring any runs. Because your, your, your margin of error is so slim. Right, if Craig Council's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run Corbin Burns back out there. We'll see how he does. Oh, huh. playing with fire, because all it takes is two tough pitches, and now you're down two to nothing. Or now there's three runners on the bases and only one man out, and your team is screwed because you know your team can't score more than one run. Right, feel the challenge of Craig Council a little bit here. You always got to be thinking about the next inning and the next pass through the rotation. So when Craig Council makes choices, he's not pulling Corbin Burns because Burns was having issues. He pulled Burns because he was looking ahead into the future and thinking, well, he showed signs of getting tired. It's the third time through the order. Our bullpen is fresh because we haven't had to overuse them. We have a very good bullpen. Let's go to the pen. That's so, so reasonable. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, it's far from crazy. It's very, very reasonable. And something else to factor in. We're only seven games in. We got to let these starting pitchers get their feet under them. And we've already seen a ton of evidence from both David Stearns and Craig Council and the Brewers that they're really, really concerned about this season going from 60 games to 162 games. First of all, they've talked about it endlessly for the last couple of months. They also traded Orlando Arcia for minor league relievers. And whether you love or hate Orlando Arcia, he played a substantial role on this team. And, and the, the trade value of two minor league relievers, that doesn't really make sense unless you factor in that the Brewers are scared about their pitching staff and they want to make sure they have a lot of arms because they want to save guys, keep them fresh, and they don't want to push and overextend their pitchers. They're playing the long game all the way into September and October for a full 162 games. you got to understand that, right? 
And I was listening to zone, The Zone this morning in Madison with Ebo and Rowdy, and they were referencing Tony LaRussa. Tony LaRussa let Lance Lynn pitch a complete game yesterday. By the way, anytime Tony LaRussa comes up, I would just like to point out that he's like 100 years old. He's, he, he managed in the 70s, 80s, 90s when the game was completely different. He's also a flaming racist. And he, how many DOIs does he have? Is, is he the, the measuring stick for success and smarts? Tony LaRussa? He let Lance Lynn go all nine innings yesterday. Zero earned runs, 11 strikeouts. Great. What an outing. The White Sox won six to nothing. You know what I thought when I saw that? Why'd you let him go all nine? You were winning anyways. Why are you going to wear him out? Why are you going to put that wear and tear on Lance Lynn? What a waste. If it was a two, three run game and he was your best shot to win, okay. But that game was in hand. You're up six to nothing and you, you let Lance Lynn, who's an aged veteran, you let him go all nine innings for what purpose? Just to show that you could? It, be, it becomes a pissing contest. And say what you want about Craig Council. He's never going to do something for the sake of doing something and showing off the fact that he can do something. I don't know. I wanted to address that Tony LaRusa Lance Lynn comparison because it's an interesting comparison, but I don't know that it holds water. I was down to talk about LaRusa and Lance Lynn. Don't get me wrong. Long day one Lance Lynn guy, big Lance Lynn guy. But if you're up six nothing, why why are you gonna overexert your starter? Just because? That's dumb. And that's the exact kind of thing that Craig Council never ever does. Once again, you are frustrated that Corbin Burns was pulled. And I hear you. I'm not saying you're wrong to feel frustrated. I'm just trying to present the other side of the argument. I hate the result of the decision by Craig Council, but I don't hate the process and the logic behind the decision by Craig Council. Let's keep talking about this. this is fun. Woody, Burns, Council, we're going to hear from a couple of them next, and we'll also get into some Packers coming up after 4.30. Happy Friday. Glad you're here. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. 5.80 a.m. show rolling on happy friday we're fired up about brewers baseball today trying to keep it civil trying to not alienate everybody i'm trying to make everybody's opinion feel welcome it's a very contentious time to be a brewers fan let's see what seven games into the season (laughs) this is wild and i'm all about it i don't agree with everybody's frustration i don't agree with everybody's take but i love that everybody is invested and and fired up about the Brewers right now. This is such a treat. 608-796-2558, the talk and text line. Uh, Eric in lacrosse listening on WKTY. Eric, thank you for texting. First time texter. Love the first time text. He says, hey man, love the show. So just like, are you not live if the Brewers are playing during your time slot? How does that work? You literally started talking about it at the top of the show and I got a phone call and cut the radio off. Thanks, Eric. Eric, first of all, thanks for listening, and I'm glad that you enjoy the show. I got a tweet yesterday from somebody who said, I disagree with all of your takes, but I like listening to you on The Zone in Madison. That's what we're going for. Even if you don't agree with me, I hope that I do a good enough job laying out my arguments and laying out these points so you don't hate me, right? I hope you at least see my side, even if you don't agree, right? I hope we can still enjoy time together, even if you disagree with absolutely every word that comes out of my mouth. Uh, Eric, to address your point, if the Brewers are on, uh, I will obviously be covered up. So at this point, the Wisco Sports Show is on three stations. It's on Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. It's on The Zone in Madison. And it's on WKTY in Lacrosse. Those are all three Brewers affiliate stations. So if the Brewers are on, I'm not on anywhere. Now, hopefully before too long, we can get on some other stations, maybe stations that don't carry the Brewers. So even when the Brewers play in the afternoon, I'm on somewhere. And you can stream it somewhere. 
But if the Brewers are on right now, I'm not on at all because no one would be able to hear it. Does that make sense? I think at some point we're going to try to do a video stream and do an online stream. So even if the Brewers are on, no matter what, we'll be on. Uh, but we're a little bit early on. So, Eric, hopefully I'll have more updates. And hopefully before too long, we'll just have enough affiliates where we can outlast the Brewers. Um, Dan says, if we have to watch Stellar starting pitching ruined by pathetic offense this year, I will be upset by Mother's Day, livid by Memorial Day. It will be painful. There's nothing more frustrating, Dan, than a team that can't hit the ball. That's what we watched last summer, and it oh, just gives you a headache, doesn't it? Like, that's the most frustrating thing, watching your team lose 2-1, to 3-1, to one, knowing that uh, the bullpen doesn't really matter and a great start doesn't really matter. Nothing matters if you can't score runs, and I agree that it's, it's very, very frustrating. Let's go to the talk and text line because the phone is working today, and it is fantastic. Binks, who I know I think is going to disagree with me. I'm not sure. Binks, welcome to the show. I'm glad you have called. Hey, uh, addressing – hey, Grant, what's up today? I'm I'm in a great mood, even though the Brewers lost, because everybody's so excited to talk Brewers. So I'm doing awesome. How about you? I'm doing great. It's Friday afternoon. Um, got to head out of work. I'm just out of the parking lot and turned it on in my favorite subject from my favorite broadcasters uh-huh. on. I think – I, I, I think when you're uh, t- to address Eric's question, I think I think you're worthy of like an everyday podcast, dude. I mean, I Ugh. think you I think you're going to go far with that. An everyday I mean, podcast, I huh? What, well, I don't know, man. You, uh, I I look for it every day when I don't get. Obviously, I don't listen to the entire show, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry because I'm usually working <laughs> nobody, half the time. Nobody should. <laughs> That'd be too much. <laughs> well, if you're if you're talking Packers or something like that for two hours, I'm sorry. I, my attention span just drops. I'll yeah. admit that. Mine does too. Uh, so anyway, I, I want to go to the. I want to go to yesterday's game, and I was listening to uh, DC this morning, who was talking to Schmidt mm-hmm. um, up in uh, North Dakota. And they had some good points about, you know, Schmidt just charged into Yelich saying that if he doesn't start hitting, he's the cornerstone. Hitting is contagious, but so is coaching and so is defense. I think when Council took Burns out of the game yesterday and when he took Woodruff out of the game before, um, he almost lost that game uh, the day before, and he lost yesterday's game. Uh, by taking Burns out, and Urias booted the ball or didn't get the throw off on time, and the momentum for the Cardinals just surged. And I think uh, I just got to say, Council, you took him out way too quick. I don't want to hear about pitch count. Maybe you read my tweet on that one, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, I just <clears throat> I one thing that Bobby Cox used to do, do you, did you ever know him? Do you remember that name at all for the Braves? I do he not, but the, I will Google him while you talk. How does that sound? Uh, how about after I talk? Sure, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> okay, okay, so what he used to do with pitchers like um, Glavin, Maddox, uh, Smoltz, he always had them finish on a good note, and that's sure. how he built his pitching staff. And finish on a good note, strike them out, they got the last guy out, so they actually had a good feeling about, okay, I, I pitched well this game. Um, so I think, and they went deep into games too. So I think if you teach this generation or this, actually, you know, Woodruff and Burns who are, who look great, so does Peralta, but, mm-hmm. uh, he really didn't have a, he really did. I, what did he have? Like, uh, he didn't even have a one, two, three inning when he pitched, did he? 
Peralta, um, Peralta will get in the weeds a little bit. He's got great stuff, but I think he's still honing it. Yeah, sometimes he, he, he's he been yeah. walking, guys. Burns and Woodruff have not been, you know? Yeah. They, they, they should have had yesterday's game. They had multiple chances to win that. The offense is hideous. Oh. Um, and when in the heck – yes, I know that this guy brings a couple of home runs, but I don't really care for the way Narvaez calls the game, nor – he can't block a ball. Yeah. Um, he, and he's not very good defensively. I'm a Pena fan. I think you and I talked about that last year. I so, am too. Um, so there, there it is, man. I got it uh, on the line. There's my weekly take for you. Um, <laughs> I'll try to quit calling in so much. So No, thanks, Biggs. Um, I appreciate I, your I takes. Yeah, you gave me some good stuff. I have a good so weekend. We, we haven't had good baseball, have we? No, not yet. <laughs> We haven't had a, we haven't had a baseball season for two years, so I'm excited. Yeah, I am so, too, man. Have hey, a good weekend. You too, buddy. Yeah, that's Binks. Something you said that I really liked, and I did see your tweet yesterday. Appreciate your call as always, Bobby Cox. By the way, I'm learning and reading about him as we go here, and I do recognize him now that I see the picture in Atlanta. Yep. One thing that you said, Binksy, and something that I hadn't thought about: the mental impact, right? The butterfly effect that that maybe that had on the team. When Burns is out of the game, maybe that decreases confidence in the defense and in the batting lineup, right? Maybe. Maybe that has a mental impact. Now, my rebuttal to that would be that the team has to get mentally tougher, right? If they quit on the game because Corbin Burns is pulled out, you got Hayter in that bullpen, Williams, you got some good arms, and they're figuring it out. It's the first week of the season. And I've always said this about Craig Council. By the end of the year, he'll be dialed in with that bullpen. Right, it's, it's a long season, and you use that season to kind of experiment and to figure out who's good at what and who's good in what spot. So we're early on in that process. But I, I do appreciate what you said, Binks, about the mental impact, right? About maybe Corbin Burns exiting that game and, and the rest of the team going, oh, man, you know, he was, he was our stud. He was going to take us, you know, to the finish line here. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something that somebody should ask in a press conference, maybe a credentialed reporter. I'll get on Zach Heilpern about that. He's he's a big wig. He can ask questions and do things like that. The kind of mental impact that has when you pull a pitcher who's going that well, I don't know. Maybe that does impact the rest of the team. I was going to plan on talking Packers in 10 minutes. Let's push that back until the end of the hour. More Brewers. Let's hear from Burns and Council, and we'll continue this discussion coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Normally, Fridays are kind of boring, right? Everybody's halfway into the weekend, no interesting games, nothing to talk about. No, 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 not today. Brewers fans have time today, right? No, let's let's get into this. Let's spend some time arguing about Craig Council and bullpenning and analytics and feeling out a game and preserving a starting pitcher. Let's, we have time, okay? Let's get into it. I love how everyone's so fired up today, even if we're not all agreeing. Still a big fan of the energy and how into Brewers baseball everyone is today. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills. If you'd like to text in and be part of the show, you're welcome to do so. 608-796-2558. Coming up in about 10 minutes, I will read you top to bottom the entire leaderboard of the Masters. And I will mispronounce most of the names because I don't know the names. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Big golf fans, I apologize. It's not that I don't like golf. I don't like playing golf. I'm sorry. I don't have that. I don't have that gene. 
It's a lot of walking. I don't like being out in the sun. It's just, I, I, I'm i sorry. I do enjoy watching the U.S. Open. I enjoy watching the Masters and some other big majors. But I, like, I'm not an expert. I don't bet on this stuff. I just like the, the peaceful and quiet vibe of golf on TV. Makes for a good nap. And sometimes there's crazy finishes, and I'll get into it. And, and next Monday, we'll probably talk a little bit about the Masters. But right now, sorry, golf fans. I got nothing for you. We're doing Brewers today. We'll do a little Packers and Bucks after 5 o'clock as well. Of course, today, everybody wants to talk about yesterday's loss, which was, it hurt. It stings that it came to the Cardinals. It stings that Corbin Burns was so, so good. One hit outing through six innings, and the one hit really wasn't, like, it was a very catchable ball for Christian Yelich that he just missed, right? And everybody's upset that that start was wasted. Look, something I need to mention, Brewers fans, we're not used to having great starting pitching. This is new for us. This is uncharted water. This is unmapped territory. This is brand new for us. And I think that's showing a little bit, right? I think I think we believe that this is some deep injustice to Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. We're, we're wasting the prime of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Ask a Mets fan about this. They'll just laugh at you. They've been doing this to DeGrom for two or three years, right? Sometimes this happens. Pitchers make great starts, and the team loses anyways. Baseball's a weird game. This kind of thing happens. But I, I think because we're not used to having great starting pitching, especially homegrown starting pitching, that we are maybe overreacting a little bit, myself included. It's like, oh, you can't waste a good start like that. Well, there's 162 games over the course of the year, 30-ish starts of pitching. Yeah, some good outings are going to be wasted. One might argue that it's good to get those wasted outings out of the way early. Huh? Huh? It'd be a very, very optimistic way to look at it. It's funny. We... We're so up in arms about Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff having great outings and then just being wasted. I don't. Where has this energy been for Aaron Rodgers the last decade? Aaron Rodgers is playing like, like a Greek god in 2016, and the team can't even field a, a half-decent starting cornerback. And we're all like, well, sustained success, am I right? Like, where is it? Brewers fans, you, you're bringing the energy today, and I'm glad we're all fired up. I'm all about it. I just think we need to, we need to admit some things to ourselves. We need to take a deep breath. Corbin Burns is going to be okay. The Brewers are going to be okay. Seven games in. The Brewers are three and four, which the way they've hit, I'll take three and four at this. Yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely. The way they're they're hitting or not hitting, the way Keston here has been a no-show, and Yelich at times has been a no-show. He, he's come to play a couple times the last few games. Right? Luis Urias is a no-show, although some of us just expected that because when has Luis Urias not been a no-show? We're still waiting for him waiting for a couple of these guys. Colton Wong is now hurt, which seems like a bummer. So I'll I'll take three and four. They've gone through a lot of bad luck and a lot of struggles offensively. So three and four, hey, could be a lot, a lot worse. I wanted to hear from Craig Council just a little bit um, talking about this decision because I think it's important to listen to Craig Council and you're going to hate me for this. You're going to think this is corny. But when Craig Council speaks, we should listen. Because he's done this the last couple of years where fans have gotten really upset about something and Craig just stubbornly keeps repeating himself. And sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. I think it would be who of us to listen to Craig Council and to understand his decision-making uh, pulling Corbin Burns earlier yesterday than most would have liked. Although if the Brewers would have won yesterday, no one would be talking about this. I have to point that out. But since they lost, we are. That's how it works. I understand that. Craig Council on the decision to pull Corbin Burns. This is what we have to do. We have to play the long game here. Every baseball season requires that. And, and this probably as much as any. We're pitching really well. 
and we're, we're going to score more. I'm excited that our pitching's off to this start. Uh, this is what we hoped for. This is what we thought we could do on the mound. To know that we're doing it right off the bat is, is really exciting. Hey, that's a positive spin, right? We thought we were going to have great starting pitching, and we have great starting pitching, maybe even better than we expected. How great is that? And we'll get it together. we got to tweak our bullpen and figure out who goes where and who does what, and hitters will get their legs under themselves, and we're only seven games in, right? We need to give these starting pitchers a chance to get back to normal after a weird fake COVID season last year, right? And he keeps talking about, we're not. this isn't the time to push. This isn't the time to run these pitchers into the ground to try to win games on April 8th. You know, we're at game seven of 162 of possibly 30 more starts. We can't get behind now, you know, and, and this is just not the time to push. Something I want to point out here, and once again, I understand I'm the Craig Council guy, so maybe maybe coming from me, it, 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 maybe this isn't a, point, a great point coming from me because you know I'm a Council fan. Maybe you question my objectivity. I just want to point something out. Just take it or leave it, Okay. Two years ago, three years ago, in 2018, re- remember what we were all stressed about all season long? Try to try to think back. They had just traded for Yelich, just traded for Kane, and this team was good. Remember what we were mad about all season long and what the Brewers media and what the beat asked about every day? Adam McAlvey, I remember just, I got to ask you, Craig. Tom Hodricourt, Craig, I got to ask. Every day, Craig Council was asked, why won't you use Josh Hader when you're losing? You're trailing three to two. The game is there to be won, and you refuse to use Josh Hader. Why won't you use Josh Hader more? And Craig Council said, hey, this is a long season, right? We want to use Josh as much as we can, as often as we can, and we want to get the most out of Josh all the way to the end of the season. And what happened? They rode Josh Hader in that bullpen to game seven of the NLCS. They were leading. They just couldn't put the offense together. They're at home. Miller Park packed to the roof. Because he worked so hard to preserve arms like Hader all year long. And Jefferson, Knable, they had multiple guys preserving Hader all season long. And Brewers fans were losing their minds, myself included, for months. Because on a random Tuesday night in Pittsburgh, the Brewers were trailing by one run. And we saw that one run deficit turn into three because Craig Council wasn't using Josh Hader. And it made us mad. And every day, Council said, I'm not going to use him when we're trailing. I want to make sure we protect his arm and we can use him months and weeks down the road, not just this week. And what happened? He was absolutely right. He was so right all along. And the Brewers came within a game of the World Series because of it. So as we question the decision-making of Craig Council, which we will no doubt do all year, I just want to remind you of 2018 when he turned out to be really, really right. More right than we even could have fathomed as they came within a game of the World Series in a year where like, yeah, we were excited about the team, but we never thought World Series. That's what Council did, and we questioned him every step of the way, and he stuck to his guns. Council, just paying tribute a little bit yesterday. I feel like we got to give Corbin Burns his due. He was great. Corbin pitched excellent. Uh, you're right. I mean, he, you know, leadoff hitter, and then it was he got dialed in and made some huge pitches in the first inning, and then got on. I got pretty locked in after, at that point, and just, just pitched beautifully. He did pitch, and it was fun to it was fun to watch. Okay, I, I I know they lost, and it was a disappointing game, but Brewers fans, man, we we got starting pitching. And and I brought this up at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it again. Corbin Burns didn't just go six scoreless innings. And and it was the same on Saturday. It's not like he just just got in a groove and started sitting guys down and had a great outing. He was, he looked easy. Every pitch, putting it exactly where he wanted it. Cutter, splitter, changeup, fastball, just in complete control. He was master of that domain when he was on the mound. And like, 
we were stressed because it was a one-run game, but I had the utmost confidence in Corbin Burns to make pitches, especially after the first inning when he gives up a, a, a fly ball, a line drive that Yelich probably will tell you he should have had. He misses, and the runner ends up at third base. What does Corbin Burns do? He gets the next three guys. No sack fly, no ground ball, no, nothing to get that run home. He works his way out of it. He was just in control. He was in command. So confident. And that's different than like, oh, Marco Estrada really had it tonight. Wow, that was impressive. No, no, no. This, this is different. This isn't Kyle Loesch having a nice start on a Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. This is, they got something here with Woodruff and Burns, and I think with Peralta too. A little bit behind Woody and Burns, but that's not a bad place to be. I thought we'd hear a little bit from Corbin Burns as well, just to get a, a full picture. Brewers fans seem to think he was angry about being pulled out. He put his jacket on, went to the clubhouse. I, I don't think so. This isn't unique, right? Sometimes pitchers have great outings, and they don't get any run support. That's part of the sport. DeGrom has been doing this for the last four or five years. Here is Burns saying to reporters, I was gassed. I was tired. That wasn't a pitch count thing today. When I went out for the sixth, everyone probably saw it. I was just wasn't able to get my legs. We just don't have the legs underneath us yet. I don't know what he kind of the same thing. It's something that as the season goes along, that's that's kind of what you get is, you know, you start to get your legs underneath you and you're able to go deeper in the game. Uh-huh. Season goes along. We'll dig a little bit more in. Craig Council said this isn't the time of the year to push. We're not going to push. We're not here to push. We're just getting going. We're playing the long game. We're not just trying to win all the games this week. We're trying to stay healthy and stay as a unit. Because what happened last year? Burns got hurt, right? And they didn't have him in the postseason. What a difference he could have made against the Dodgers. He also said, I'm not frustrated. I'm not mad. And, you know, it's baseball. We, we had you know, two good guys matched up against me in, in Barrios and, and Wainwright today. And when you're facing some of the better pitchers in the league, it, all it takes is you know one big hit early on or to try to get him out of the game early. And unfortunately, we just we haven't had that big hit. But you know, it's the offense is there and it's, it's come along. It's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. There. They were so close to having that big hit yesterday, too. Kane almost did it in the first inning. They could have been up three to nothing after the first inning. But what happened? Oh, okay. Cardinal center fielder makes a great catch. And I mentioned that about 15 minutes ago. It was the Cardinals opening day. They're going to get the lucky plays. They're going to get the good bounces. They're going to get the lucky call. They're going to, it happens. It happened for the Brewers against the Twins. It happened against the Cardinals when Lorenzo Kane pulled back that home run two years ago. Like when it's your opening day, it's your opening day. And I think Burns did a good job hinting at that. Like, we just, we need the big hit. We've gotten close. They were really close yesterday. Right? They just, they haven't been able to push through. Let's take a deep breath. Relax. It's a long season. We're in a good spot with Woodruff and Burns leading the way. I understand some of you might have wanted to see Burns pitch the seventh, pitch the eighth. Who knows how the game would have gone differently. The point for me, Burns is really good. Woodruff is really good. And we got to score runs. And I think we can all agree on that, right? Let's take a break from the Brewers just for 10 minutes. I want to talk Packers. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the drama, just because I feel like we've earned it. I feel I, I, I have a couple of things I want to say, and I want to reference a piece that Rob Domofsky just put out as well. ESPN, very, very interesting. Some tidbits that I think we can take a thing or two away from. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers and Packers for 10 minutes. Coming up next year on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. on anybody's parade so don't let me ruin your evening but if you're driving home from work thinking ah can't wait to get home and relax and open a beer and watch the bucks play the hornets easy uh, we just got the injury report about 15 minutes ago these players are out Giannis, 
Dante, Drew, and P.J. Tucker. These players are doubtful, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. So, Thanastis and Diakite and Sam Merrill and Jordan Ward. This game actually might be fun. It would be a little bit more fun if the Bucks hadn't just lost two in a row. Like, I would, I would prefer they win tonight. As much as I love watching the B-Squad, I love watching depth pieces. I mean, for God's sake, I watch the Sacramento Kings in my free time. But I really use a win here, and that doesn't seem like it's going to happen tonight. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. More bucks coming up at 520 if that's your thing. We're not going to talk about tonight's game, though. We're going to talk about the last couple of days because tonight's game is a wash. Maybe watch something else. Uh, unless you're unless you're a Diakite stan, you're a maybe you're a Virginia fan, big Tony Bennett guy, and you just you're excited to watch Diakite. Okay, go off. Uh, otherwise, maybe maybe plan to do something else. I want to talk a couple of minutes about the Packers because the Brewers are off today and the Bucks are playing without everybody, and I'm just like, ah, what the hell? Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Rodgers drama. We've been pretty good of of sticking to real sports topics and not really hypothesizing and, and asking hypothetical questions about contract and extension and restructure. They're going to do what they're going to do. Okay? The Packers don't seem to want to extend him, and I understand that. And to to talk about it needlessly for 20 minutes a night, I would rather, I, I don't know, I would rather chew on glass. So we're doing the Bucks, we're doing the Brewers, we're talking about Barry Alvarez, we're talking about actual things that are going on. And I don't want to talk about the contract thing right now. I, I do want to talk a little bit about the drama or the perceived drama. Because I was thinking about this last week. And then I thought about it today, this morning, because the news that Prince Philip passed away, the Duke of Edinburgh, right? And I, and I said this two weeks ago. I swear I said this two weeks ago. The Packers are like the British royal family of American sports. You see it, right? Think about it for a second. You get it. Americans love following their drama from afar. They only pay attention to the royal family when something juicy happens. Other than that, eh, they're wildly irrelevant, in, in politics and in our daily lives and in our minds. We don't really pay him any time unless there's some drama and we love drama. By the way, rest in peace to Prince Philip. And if the show The Crown, which I spent some time watching with my grandma a couple of weeks ago, if that show is at all accurate, I'm a fan of Prince Philip. He is a real one. The big ears. Seems like a good dude. The Green Bay Packers are the royal family, right? They're these larger-than-life figures. Favre, Rogers, Reggie White, Leroy Butler, Ron Wolf, Mike Sherman, right? Even Gruden and Peterson, some of the backup quarterbacks even. Like, it's, it's nuts starting in the early 90s. And another way they're like the, the royal family, right? These larger-than-life figures sometimes clash with the organization. Like, oh, Favre and the Packers are at odds. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, right? Having it out in the media with those dusty crumpets across the pond, right? Same, same kind of thing, clashing with themselves, and also, we don't talk about succession with any other team like we do with the Green Bay Packers, right? Never. We don't talk about succession, who's next in line. It's the favorite topic when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. The Steelers don't have any idea what they're doing after Ben Roethlisberger, who has two bum shoulders, two bum knees. He's worth like 40 million bucks. We never talk about that. We talk about the succession plan of the Packers, even though their quarterback just won an MVP. Very much like the Royal Family. And I think like the royal family, the Packers have their own way of doing things, right? Outsiders just wouldn't get it. Had to be there. And how many times have we seen sports media people, writers, talk show hosts, just lose it on TV when talking about the Packers? Very clearly not understanding 
why they do things or how they do things because they're not a part of it. Michael Silver is a great example. I went back to these couple of little monologues he's done in the last few weeks, and we've played him on this show, and I cut out a couple of statements. So this is a compilation of Michael Silver just being like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. It's just an organizational philosophy that basically depends on a transcendent quarterback covering up all ills to keep you good. And Brett Favre did it for a long time, and now Aaron Rodgers has done it for a long time, and it's perplexing, and it's maddening. Perplexing, maddening. That is a uh, disturbing uh, trend, trend or disturbing development mm-hmm. in a pattern, pattern that has gone on for a long, long time. Long time, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if, if you don't work in the Packers front office, like Andrew Brandt's a great example. Andrew Brandt, who worked in the Packers front office, negotiated contracts, was there when Rodgers and Favre, when that draft happened, you hear him talk about how the Packers front office does things. He's very calm, cool, and collected about it because he's like, yeah, this is how they do things. It's the way they operate. I get it. I've, I've been there. But if you've never been there, if you've never been a part of the royal family, so to speak, it's just, it's mind-boggling. And Mike Silver's been losing his mind on national TV for the last couple of weeks. He's like, I don't get it. I don't know what the hell they're doing. What the, what's going on? But he, he's, he's, he's a Rodgers guy. He's a Cal guy. He's a media guy. He's never worked for the Packers. And I'm not defending it. I'm just pointing out that the Packers seem to have an identity. And behind closed doors, they know what they're doing. It's normal to them. Again, very much a royal family dynamic. You can't understand what they go through and what they do and the way they do things if you're an outsider. Right? And even Rodgers publicly seems to get it. Even if deep down he's furious all the time, which would be another great comparison for the royal family because I think all of them are miserable, but they have to put on a brave face and show that to the public. Prince Philip is a great example, right? It's, it's, it's very much like the royal family because what the Packers are proposing to do in the next two years is insane on its face, right? So you tell me you, they want to get rid of a three-time MVP quarterback and move on to a guy who, who played at Utah State? They want to, Why would they do that? It makes no sense. Oh, it's the Packers. Okay, well, that's what the Packers do. That's their MO, very much like the royal family. You can't begin to understand it unless you've been there, and very few people have actually been there, myself included. But I feel like I can watch from afar and understand what's what's going on here. You get what I'm saying? I think it's a very, very interesting comparison. And rest in peace to big ears. Prince Philip, 99. God, probably in a better place now. More Brewers, more Bucks coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. 